Hello everyone and welcome to this episode, which is an interview with Justin Redrick, who is the author of From Bars to Bitcoin. Now, From Bars to Bitcoin is an autobiography and it tells the story of Justin's life from the age of 16 slash 17 until 2020. Um, and where was it? I think the year 20, 2006 until 2020. So, you know, a 15 year journey. And I've, I've been reading this book, I've finished reading it, and there's so many pages that I've highlighted and underlined and marked because even though this is an autobiography, there's so much honesty in the story that Justin has told. It is his story and there's so much to take away from it. First off, because the experiences that he's been through are so far from what I would have imagined my early 20s to be like or my late teens to be like. And Justin hasn't, uh, you know, censored any of his experiences. He's been so genuine and honest about his story. And the way that he has written this book, it, me reading it, I almost felt like he was telling me his story. And I was, you know, intently listening to him talking directly to me. So not not only is this book written in a, in a fantastic way, it's it gives you so much context on financial literacy, the lack of it in some households and the way that you can change your mindset and change the way that you think about your circumstance in order to change your life because it is called From Bars to Bitcoin and there's lots of chapters in here where Justin tells you about his life experience in prison. And oh my goodness, he, he really has changed his life around and, and his mentality about the whole thing, his mindset about the whole thing is just incredible to read because he the you can see it developing in the book from the time he was 16 until the time, how is that, 15 years? So, around 30, 31 um, of age. So it is based from when he was in high school, early high school to the last year. And I highly encourage all of you to grab a copy and read this book. There's these highlights of, uh, of called Orca Moments and Justin tells, you, tells us in this podcast and in the book why he chose that. Um, that are essentially like tidbits on advice for life. And oh man, I love this book so much. I really highly recommend you you get yourself a copy because uh, it is an essential read. So <laughs> if you can't tell already, I'm super excited about the fact that we got to interview him. And now you get to hear that interview too. So without further ado, let's start the episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Margakshi Palwi, and the guests on the GoFull Crypto podcast are solely their own and are not intended as financial advice. The content discussed is for informational purposes only. Hello and welcome, Justin. How you doing? How you doing? Doing great. So, uh, man, I love your book. There were so many moments where I teared up and I was like, I can't believe that this is the experience he had when he was in high school. And like, this is how, what he had to go through in his early twenties. However, you've turned your life around and it is all detailed in your book, which I recommend everybody will read because 
it is a it like it is mind blowing. I mean, that's what's up. I, um, this is the first time a person has ever expressed like like on camera or in almost in person because you do this shit so much now now in 2020 and beyond. This is like a personal meeting. Like, but it's like you know, I've never really heard nobody actually share. Uh, you're the first, like I said, you're the first person. Both of you all are the first. This is the first podcast where someone has read the book and can actually not like speak on it. And it's just like, damn, I don't really know what to say. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Like, so don't take it, don't take it as a sign of, as a sign of, you know, anything. I just is like, I'm that amazed. Like, damn, people actually are reading my book. <laughs> oh. So Oh man, it's well, like there's so much to learn from it. And maybe we like, should actually just introduce the book here for a moment oh. and uh, <laughs> and give Justin a chance to introduce himself as well. And right on, maybe, yeah, like, we jumped right in. Let our audience know what your uh, like your social media handles are because you're Justin the Bitcoin Vegan, aka Bitcoin Vegan on Twitter. And is that the, the place where you're most uh, active on, on the internet? So, like, really, here's a unique story. My Instagram got deactivated at like 7,500 followers. Oh. And so then, and I had not released my book. I was going to use that platform to release my book on. So luckily I had like, you know, about 5,000 or 4,000 somewhere followers on Twitter. And a few, you know, a couple on Clubhouse. I was like, well, all's not lost. But, you know, so right now it's Twitter. Uh, Bitcoin underscore vegan. So Twitter. Right place uh instagram is cool bitcoin vegan justin but yeah twitter is where it's at for right now right on right on and and the name of your book for all of our listeners is from bars to bitcoin by justin redrick which is you it is an autobiography and it details Mm -hmm. the story of when you were 16 or 17 i don't remember the starting age i was uh about 17 is six yeah 16 Mm -hmm. Right on. Uh, from then until you became a coach. Right, yeah. A, a, a life coach. And, oh, man, so many little goodies of experiences that took place in your life. And you took them, you learned from them, you, you solidified them in this book. And you also had have these little snippets where you've put down orca moments. Which brings me to, well, you know, orcas. I love that you've talked about them being the apex predator. When was the first time you came across deciding that, okay, I'm going to write my autobiography, but the thing that I'm going to make different about it is have all of these little snippets. Um, so I don't even know if I said it in the book. Like there was a point in time, like I used to read like 10 books a month. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, consecutively as well. Um that was, I look back on it like that was a great moment. But um, but I would just notice how like authors were talking books. And you know, over time, it's just like you read so many, it's like, oh, okay, so if I write a book, I can add this type of style and you know, add this tier, or and then I notice how like when you make a defined moment in the book, it sticks longer with the reader. So I was like, all right, well, let's give them it's almost like a, a work, a workbook too. You know, just by having a definition or uh, having the um, having a uh, a review, really not a review, but because I can I can speak through something, but then I wanted to like speak it in my in my language at that age, you know, 
Yeah. yeah. And, and I wanted to speak it like, you know, because sometimes like how I talk now, I didn't talk at 16. I wanted yeah. to, you know, make sure you read it as if I was 16. Yeah. Then give you, you know, the the learning experience at 30. You know, how I can see that as a learning experience. So um, because I didn't want just to run on and people and not people not grab the attention of it. Because I know it could it could it could go overboard, but then you just want to bring it back. Like, so what was the reality of the situation? So, <laughs> yeah. I, well, to me, when I was reading it, it was sort of like um, not a summary, but bringing light to the most highlighted. Um, I think like, wait, not. It, it's kind of like a highlight, but it's also what you said to yourself in that situation that you were in. And you have, you know, elaborated that as an orca moment. And I yeah. love them. Oh, yeah. They're just <laughs> small tidbits across every single, I think almost every single chapter. And they're amazing, mm-hmm. Justin. It's that's a really good idea. I, I want to yeah, know I'm what gonna... inspired you to to bring orcas into the mix in, in the first place. I, I, I kind of want to just hear that backstory a little bit. So, like, I've always watched National Geographic as a child. Yeah. And we all watched Jaws and shit. And, you know, free willy. But I, at one moment, um, I started following this Instagram account called Real IG. And they just had like, you know, real, like it wasn't regular TV nature moments. You know what I mean? It was like real moments. And so they were talking about, you know, Apex, like a Komodo dragon was an Apex predator. I researched, I'm like, damn, these things are kind of vicious. <laughs> like I saw it like they, they all bit a rhino and walked after him for two weeks and wait for him to die. I said, it takes amazing patience. I said, what if you had that type of patience in business? Because I forgot who it was, but they said, like, if you try to learn from everything around you, including animals, you could get something. I'm like, all right. So then I just heard about um, killer whales being the apex predator. See, I'm like, how the fuck did they get there? Like, I thought it was, <laughs> like, wait, what, what's making them so lit? So the minute I heard that, I was like, something got to be going on. Like, first of all, what was amazing was the regular population would think it was the great white shark that was the baddest, baddest, uh, I mean, you know, biggest fish in the sea. But these folks over here getting eaten up by something <laughs> way, way more deadlier. But they don't even appear to be deadly. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of how you want to be. Yeah. Top you know, 1% like, of the 1%, like you put yeah, it. Yeah, like. You know, especially when you're growing something that's like everybody doubts you. Well, have them fucking doubt you for a reason. You know what I mean? Because think of how many people doubted me. It's like, you know, in the back of my mind, like, I'm going to wish you didn't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you have to have amazing confidence yourself to even think like that. Like, I've been in places like, you know, with, I guess, CEOs of like in the mid 40s and 50s. I'm like, you know, I'm going to make y'all realize y'all dumb as hell. That would be my attitude sometimes, but I'm like, all right, that's cool. But you just got to be, you have to be willing to, you know, be different. But the orchid just had all the, all the mechanics that make you a, a great, you know, success. You know, plus they were only hunted by humans and they don't eat humans. So how smart yeah. are you to know not to eat a fucking human? <laughs> <laughs> like, you must know something not to deal with us. Yeah. You know, like the shit. We you put us in the water with a shark, we could still be the most dangerous animal in the world. So um it was just the fact that they communicated, they worked together, they were highly intelligent, and they were just I remember I was watching some on YouTube 
they um they would like purposely eat the liver of a shark. I'm like, yo, how are y'all doing it? Like, what in the world? But they were just they're just the smartest animals in the water for a reason. You know, they were called the wolves of the water. And it's like, damn, these things are, are vicious, but intelligent. So you gotta be able to you gotta be able to move like that, you know. Can't be with the crowd. Like everybody, the sharks were just going in packs and they're popular, but they're not really getting nothing done. Orcas over there getting things done in groups and taking less energy to do it. Yeah, yeah, th- this is true. And you've uh, right before, I think in the preface, you've talked a little bit more about um, why the orca as well. I love this yeah. little image over there. So that was the original book cover. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Instead However, <laughs> yeah. So that was going to be the name and the title of the book. Be so the then, Orca. Yeah. Nice. So then, um, you no, know, me and Bitcoins, they were talking. You're like, bro, just change the name. To, just change the name of the book. <laughs> change the name of the book to your clubhouse room. I'm like, you think so? He said, yeah, why not? I said, fuck it, let's do it. So then, um, I told my editor, she's like, Justin, how are we going to do this? I said, we're going to make it seem like it's a story within the story. And just put, <laughs> put it in there. And we're just going to go with it. Like, it's going to be great. And was it great? Yes. Well, I'm really happy with the, the, the name of the book. Not because uh, Be the Orca is not inspiring or anything, but I think from Bars to Bitcoin, better encapsulates your story because... Mm-hmm. At least when I was reading, I was like, okay, he's in the bars part now. When is he going to get to the Bitcoin part? Yeah, the, and, and the Bitcoin at the very end. You got to say the best for last. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I would tell, tell Keegan um, that, oh, I'm in, I'm, he's in this jail right now. So we're still in the bars part. Oh, he's gone to this jail now or this part of the prison system. And he's still in the bars part. And like the part between the bars and the Bitcoin is also pretty amazing because I see a lot of uh, like actualization and realization of of money happened there, even though there were so many moments before, Justin, where you had the awareness of money, which really resonated with me because like, even though the, like I say this in quotes, but like the, the action of doing something with money happened after the bars part, your entire entrepreneurial career when you were in jail. And, and even before then, before then, you, even though, like, even though uh, you were spending, you were aware of the fact that not really retaining any of this money. And uh, mm-hmm. why, why is this the case? The question, uh, questioning yourself, why is this happening? I love that about you and about the fact that it's been reflected so many times in this book. Yeah, because that's like, you know, what the hell, like, something has to be going on to, like, you know, it's still, like, because when people, when you don't have that realization, even when you had a realization, now it's like, all right, you got to, it's like, when you don't have a realization, nothing is really a problem with you. You just think this is how life goes. Right? Yeah. But once you had the realization, that's when, you know, it becomes a more of a challenge, because now it's like the bad habit knows you're aware of. Yeah, yeah, true. And then you have to rise to the challenge. And you have to do yeah. something about it. That's right. Yeah, now, now it's like, fuck, he's going to come for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it gets, it's rough. So I'm just like, something has to be going on. Because everybody wasn't living this life. Like, everybody's not doing this. No offense. white. A lot of white people aren't going through all this. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's how, that's how I was just thinking. Like, bro, what the fuck? Every other nation is not really going through this like this. Everybody is not going through this. Like, 
Hell no. Hell no. You know, it's kind of like the Matrix moment. You just, you know, because I would, I would just be looking downtown, Charlotte, it's like right down the street. I'm like, man, I'm going to go down there. I don't know what's going to, like, I would be down there just hanging out downtown. Like, just trying to, once I realized we were the top, one of the top cities in the country in finance, it's like, yo, something has to be learned out here. Yeah. We're not, I'm not taking, I had to, I had to go thinking like, y'all got to take advantage of the city. Like I'm from Charlotte, I need to take advantage of what's down here. So right. however that look, you know, I remember listening to Kobe Bryant. He said Kobe Bryant was like, he would learn basketball from everything in the world. It didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. He just tried to make it a basketball learning moment. I'm like, well, Kobe said do this shit. It must work. <laughs> like, it has to work if Kobe said it. Maybe you rest in peace. Huh? I said, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, man, like, hell, I said, Kobe said it'll work. It has to work. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. So- there are some highlights in this book that I really want to talk about, but before that, I, I want to know how, how did you decide that I'm going to write an autobiography and get yourself through doing that? Cause I'm sure it must've been a really rigorous process. Um, so I was challenged by again, Bitcoin Zay and one of my business coaches, Jane Goday. Uh, Zay had just gone like, uh, fuck pretty much global with the book. Yeah. Like, Damn. Wow. Okay. And so, you know, he had gone on TV and I said, yo, you know, congrats. He said, yeah, so when you go write your own book? He didn't even say thank you for me saying congrats. He just said, yo, so when you go write your book? <laughs> like, you for real? Like, yeah, we going to write the book. And he has this unique way of like, you know, do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, hi, you know, you got me, but you've been, you've been writing for the past what? Six years, so why not do it again? <laughs> when was when did this conversation take place? Was it last year or two years ago? No, this took place. Uh, uh, it might have. I don't. I don't know when. The, the George Floyd happened in twenty twenty, so it took place somewhere around night twenty nineteen or twenty somewhere. I think it really took place in twenty twenty because he said it earlier, but he said it for real, for real. But yeah, like so, it took place in twenty twenty somewhere. Uh, but I had already started the process with my, um, with just thoughts around it. And then my business coach, she had a book and she said, yeah, you know, how about you just write a book? Yeah. And I said, uh, okay. And, you know, what really made it possible was the fact, like, when you tell certain people to, that you're going to do things that hold you accountable, you have a 98% chance of actually succeeding. So It's a social contract. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and they actually hold you accountable and you're acceptable to it. It's like shit, because you know, in your brain you're like, I don't really want them to keep bringing this shit up, you know. <laughs> but uh, but what made it a little simple was I, at first I tried to type it. I was like, man, this is 2021. I'm not about to keep typing this damn book, man. Like, there has to be a faster technological way to get this done. I said, this is 2020. Like, no, like it's 2020. Whatever. It's like, no, nah, we're not about to keep doing this. It has to be a faster way. Because I remember reading one book where this guy. I think his name was Jim Edwards. He said something about he 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 talked into a mic and printed the book. I was like, yeah, I need to go do that. And so then my business coach had done the same thing. Well, she did something similar, but she said, yeah, just transcribe it. So I talked into the phone, um, uploaded it to this uh, website called Trans 
Trans Weebly, edited it on there, copied it, pasted it. Then I got my iPhone, so then I started using uh, Otter. Did the same thing, copy, paste, copy, paste. Well, not really, but I edited it a little bit, then copied it on the uh, Google Docs, all in order, sent it to the editor. I mean, now that would probably process would probably take all of three months. If I just really like, hey, I'm about to write a book, leave me alone. Three months, mm-hmm. the book will be done. Wow. But well, it probably won't be. But like, here's the thing. I can say that, but really the book took like 15 years to write. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that is a really good way yeah. to put it. And, and it's true because it is 15 years of your life, quite literally. Um, yeah. I was going to say something though. Yeah. So I think the fact that you narrated it and then, you know, the, the whole voice, the text thing, um, is, is your book when I'm, when I was reading it, I could feel you telling me your story through your yeah. words, which was really, really great. Cause I wasn't like in my head, I wasn't a third person wasn't narrating your story you were narrating your story and I was listening to you tell me your story, which I loved about this because it, it just brought so much more um, like reality to the book. It's awesome. So let me ask you, so you're saying that, so when you read other books, how, is this, how does it like, is it like they're telling you something or it's like, you know, you're reading, is it like, you know, you're reading it and they're telling you, or it's like you're having a conversation, but you're reading the conversation. Um, it depends on the kind of books, but there's definitely some books where I I have this third voice reading it out to me, um, and it it always feels like I'm listening or listening to it in my head through somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how do you read books, Keegan? Uh, yeah, more so like this is a like a description of stuff happening rather than an actual hey this I'm I'm telling you a story right now it's this is not necessarily right. a story this is a description of, right. of events with characters and whatnot and in some business books that I've read it's like someone's been through the experiences and they're telling you they're giving you advice and you're absorbing it but the way that I listen to pause podcasts where I feel like oh I'm in the room with somebody else and mm-hmm. I'm able to absorb that sort of information that's how I feel reading your book because it's like you're having a conversation um, right. to, put it, to put it the way you did before and I'm part of that conversation but I know you're speaking directly to me even though like you're having this conversation with a larger audience or with yourself rather or, with, or yeah. with yourself I learned that technique from a guy named Chris Voss he always oh, said yeah. we like Chris yeah. Voss we love Chris Voss you want to know something lit so you know his uh his partner Derek got is that okay, the guy so, from Harvard no so all right so if you read the book he has a partner named Derek got he talks about how he sent Derek off to do like, no, he ain't send him, but you know, he couldn't go somewhere. So he recommended Derek. Oh yeah. Derek had, Derek had gone there. And then he said, Derek came back and said, Hey, did they invite you to such and such? He said, Oh, I didn't even know about it. He said, well, damn, they invited me. You remember that part of that guy? Like, I remember. So if you look him up on YouTube, he's like, if you look up their, their stuff, it's, he's a taller black guy, the light-skinned black guy. But um, I actually interviewed him in Black Bitcoin Billionaires. So I actually got to talk to like Chris Voss's partner and like we were on Zoom one time and he was just like really breaking down like just that whole to go. Because I said to him, I said, Yo, how do y'all get people to sign up for 20 years of their life? Like that just baffles me. I'm like, that was always even like after the fact, I'm like, yo, how the hell do y'all just talk to people like this? Like this has to be a skill. I need this skill. It's totally I a skill. skill. You know what I mean? Like your skill yeah. is beyond any other 
business skill in the world. You have to close the deal. So, like, what is going on over there? But they will always say, like, you got to use the word you instead of I. And you would connect people more to what you're saying than you always use I. So I still had to use I somewhat, but, you know, a good blend of it just made it correct. Especially in the orca moments. I, I think yeah. that the reason I um, resonated with them so much and like they impacted me to such a degree was not because you were saying something, you were giving a piece of advice and like I just happened to take it. You were talking directly to me because you used the word you in like, I gotta say almost all of them or all of them really. So it was, it was a great trick and, and a great way to connect directly with your audience. You got to use what you got to do, man. You got to find the gems and use them. You know, that that's the premise of the book. When you find the gems, use them immediately. Like, because if you if you start waiting, you'll never do it. But I think a lot of people don't do it because they're comfortable. I was nowhere comfortable. So it was like, yo, this shit works. Let's make it work. You know, throw them all together and, you know, piece them up bit by bit and just try what you do. I, I love the part about the which chapter was that about uh, hitting the gas? I actually read it out loud to Keegan about like when you're winning, you got to hit the gas and go until your wheels fall out to mm-hmm. capitalize on that momentum um, mm-hmm. of your wins. And that was when you were winning basketball game after basketball game after basketball oh, game. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that shit was lit. <laughs> that and was lit. So I'm wondering, you know, with you've just. Ve- 21st of September, was it, right? Like, when your book was released? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was the 4th, uh, 24th, but it was the 24th of September. What happened on the 21st? I'm not sure, but it was the 4th of September. Right on. And, like, where you know, are you in that same scenario where you're hitting the gas pedal? Um, oh, yeah, we got to do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, see, earlier, so here's the rigorous part. Like, when you're, like, sometimes at the point of the book, when you really focus on writing a book, some things have to fall by the wayside. Mm. Like, you know, like to be honest, 2021 is one of the best years I ever had, but it completely caught me off guard, you know? So, you know, and a lot of people are like, you know, hell that happens, especially like when you don't expect the boom, you get exposed a bit, you know, things about your business might get exposed. You start realizing, you know, I have to do this better. So, but it was cool because, like I say, even when things might appear to be going down, like if you're constantly working, you're already offsetting the trend anyway. So it's kind of like the buy and sellers of Bitcoin. Like, yeah, it's a sell off, but we're going to boom. So just, just keep going. That's how, that's how I started looking at my life. I started embracing life like Bitcoin. Like, fuck it, it goes up and goes down. But as long as you get better over time, like you have to win, you know, and then then you'll just end up putting shit together. Like you'll make something that makes sense. And that's where um that's where life really is. Like eventually, especially if you just put pieces of a puzzle together and you don't really have no real clear cut plan, but just will, like will is all you need. As long as you have a powerful why, the how will appear. Yes, and it did. And uh, again, there were moments in your life it feels so funny that i've like i know so much about your life (laughs) it's awesome where you you talked about how when you're dedicated to get to your particular goal things start happening around you 
to help you attain and reach that goal. Um, and like your thoughts are everything that, that was a different part in, in this, in your book. But I remember my mom keeps telling me this, like you become what you, or you are, what you think you, your thoughts need to essentially guide the way that you live your life. Um, and the more positive thoughts that you have and the more optimism you have, the, they just sort of reflect in your day-to-day -day life. So I don't know where I was really going with that. I just felt, I felt like bringing it up. <laughs> That's cool. That's lit, man. Uh, that like, you know, here's the thing. Here's some reality to it. It won't be every day, though. Like, because these are some of the other learning moments I learned, probably even after writing the book. Is like, sometimes you got to tell people, like, this shit don't happen every day. Yeah. Like, it's going to be hard to be thinking positive every day. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, it's going to be like, like, you might only be having these positive moments a few hours out of a day, a few days out of a week, but then you might hit a stride, but you know, like the shit is up and down. So that's Life why is volatile. I, that's why yeah, I liked yeah, it when you uh, correlated it back to Bitcoin. You're <laughs> like, I, I just like started seeing myself in Bitcoin. I, it goes up and it goes down, but over the over the long term, it seems like it's gonna keep on going up. So why don't I try to like model my life after that and take some lessons from this volatility like nothing's really all that stable at the end of the day it's that's a, that's a bit of an illusion it definitely is it's like nothing is stable people don't even want to stable money if you <laughs> wanted to stable money you wouldn't even be buying assets right you know say so nobody wants stability <laughs> stability is death uh, well, you know, about that, like, what do you think about the kind of stability, which is an illusion that we have in prices uh, that is reflected in food? Uh, like, I don't even know how to call it stability, though, because if you say that something is stable, you have to put a time period on it because mm -hmm. it was stable it, in it, 2020. It, and no, and but like, <laughs> the price of coffee was definitely five dollars throughout 2021 and it was two dollars in 2000. Um the only right. thing that's steady is, look, it ain't steady, but it's steady is that inflation, man. Like, because it's like, you know, and people will try to say, oh, it's because it's growing in demand. Um, Yeah, but it might be growing in demand, but if the money was to grow in demand, the price would get cheaper. Because the money, because the value of the thing doesn't outweigh the, the value of the dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I said a long time ago, like, the dollar doesn't work. Fiat doesn't work. Like, everybody thought all oh, that shit worked, but it doesn't work. Like, if the money worked, if fiat worked, you wouldn't need life insurance. You wouldn't need nothing. <laughs> you, could buy, you could just have the money because the money yeah. would go up in value. And people say, how do you know that? Well, look at Bitcoin. You don't really need nothing else. Like, if you say, I just buy Bitcoin, well, hell, it's not a bad idea. That is our life insurance policy. Yeah. yeah like what? What? Else? Like I again. I just, now I. I now I'm here. I can get life insurance. But then it was like, well, well, you know, you kept getting denied life insurance, bro. I mean, I don't even care if I don't get it. And I was really at the end of the day, I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm I'm buying Bitcoin anyway. So and then I started looking at it like if I'm just gonna keep giving y'all money every other month, I can just buy Bitcoin with this. Yeah. Like, cause about if you're telling me I can't hold on to it for 30 years, I, mean, I can't really access nothing for 30 years. Well, I'll just do that with my own damn money. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it was just like, all right, why don't you do that with Bitcoin? Shit. At least, you know, if I had to do something, I can understand, like, 
you know, this is the this is what we did. It's not some penalty after fucking penalty. No, I don't write no request. So, like, no, no. But that was like I said, that learning phase of just trying to figure out. And that's when I, like I said, I was trying to experience and learn what finance was. I'm like, all y'all want is appreciation of money. All you want is appreciation of money with a different tax hit. That's how yeah. I looked at it. That's how I really like boils down to that. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start long-term thinking? Or like it seems to me like it started pretty early, but was there a, a particular bifurcation point where you're like, okay, now I'm I am actually thinking about my 40-year-old self right now? Uh, like 40-year-old self? 30-year-old self, 35-year-old self, whatever it might have been. Just my later self, think, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, I think it was when I was working so many hours and not really getting the money and keeping the money. Right. You know, just like, yo, I would get it, okay. Then I'll go through periods of debt. Then I'll get a lot of money, but I got to pay. I'm like, bro, this shit is trash. Like, what is, I can't survive like this forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're working a lot and you're crashing. You're working a lot, you're crashing. You're going on the road. You're working here. You have a child and you don't want to go on the road. Then you had a baby. Now it's like, you know, what am I going to, how am I going to make all this actually work? Because this is not, I'm not going to be able to sustain this. I'm not going to sustain this like this. I could, right. but I'm not. So. The math doesn't um, work out. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. And I'm like, you know, so around like 25-ish, 20, like when I had my daughter, I was like, this something has to give. Because when my granddaddy died, when my dad died, my granddaddy died, I think that was really it. When they died, I wasn't even actually thinking long-term for me. It was just like, you know, what I'm going to get my children mm. if I pass. But then, like, you know, start clicking in, like, wait, wait a minute. Because, you know, I was hollering Bitcoin, but then sometimes I wasn't. And then I was still trying to learn what money was, like I said in the book, how this goes. But then it started clicking, clicking. Like when, um, like I said, you know, I started having older family members die and, you know, you start realizing like, damn, there's nothing to give down, you know, and, you know, not saying it's hand out, but shit, you need, you want to pass things on. Like this is the whole point of even being, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ask someone else, you know? So I start thinking like, damn, it's kind of fucked up. So, you know, you know, I started like around 26, 25 to 27. And then as I got older, it started like, oh, wow, this is going to be so easy, you know, or simple. But yeah, you know, after a while you start, you know, you look at the price of Bitcoin at one point in time, then another, and you just like, then you read up on everybody else who seems long-term thinking. But then you hang around. Uh, again, everything falls down to your network. Who are you around, though? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, if your network is only talking about the weekends, it's time to go. <laughs> like, you got to listen to what the people around you are main, mainly talking about. Because that's the circle you in. Yeah. That's the circle. That's the world you in. If everybody around sun. you is talking mediocre, shit, you about to be mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you spend more than an hour with them a day, you got a problem. And if you have to spend an hour with them more of a day, you got to reassess the situation. But you don't really have to. Yeah. Ten minutes. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You are the sum of the five people that, that are closest to you, the five people that you hang out with the most. I remember mm -hmm. my dad was reading some sort of book because uh, he loves reading books. And I was probably like 13, 14, you know, around the time when 
you you're uh, you're just entering puberty and friendships and dramas are Mm -hmm. take up a huge majority of what you think uh, your life Mm -hmm. is valued at and um, he was reading this book and he called me over one one evening and he's like Muga who do you hang out with and then he asked me to name all, all five like five he asked me to name five people and I told him and he's like do you know that you're the sum of the personalities of all five of these people and I had to sit down because I had to analyze am I am I really like this person that I hang out with and that person that I hang out with? And I really like, I did, I didn't understand it when I was a teenager, but that definitely stuck with me. So when I went to university and when I was mature enough to say to myself, okay, I have to pick my friends wisely. That was definitely something that um, helped me know who I wanted to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, that's when I realized that was like the biggest cheat code in life. Like, you keep going to the barbershop, you get a haircut. You know, if you hang around the wrong people, you hang around certain people, you're going to do what they do. You know, you're just going to pick up learned behavior. Learned behavior is the quickest way to learn anything. So, you know, if you want to be a billionaire, don't hang around. Billionaires. Yeah, like, really, that's it. Don't hang around these people or, you know, network with these people, be in these circles. It's just about once you get your foot in the door. That's how I feel about life. If I get my foot in the door, you already left. Like yeah. I'm not gonna keep stopping. I'm not gonna stop. Like oh, if I if I've been in the room with you, I belong here, and I'm about to leave here to go to another room eventually. But it's just you know you you got to move at a different speed. When you pay attention to everything as much as possible every single day, you have no choice but to move faster than every single everyone else. Because everybody else eight hours a day is at their job or somewhere stuck doing something else. When I realized the time was time was the key. I was at home learning Bitcoin with everybody else at work. Well, I was out, you know, trying to set up Bitcoin wallets for twenty five dollars for people. Oh, nice! While like most people would... try, yeah, while most people trying to get off of work, we about to go. We about to go to work. You know? So you you would charge people to like help them set up set up a Bitcoin wallet and get them started yeah. with it all. Yeah. That's funny. We kind of do the same thing, actually. That's uh, <laughs> I, th- I feel like that's a common story. Is but I was back. You got to start listening because just like this, if you don't have Bitcoin, how do you go get Bitcoin? If you've been studying this shit this long, what's the easiest way you could do something? Hey, you need help learning Bitcoin? I said you wallow for twenty five dollars. Right. This be the best twenty five dollars they spent in their whole life. In your whole life, exactly. <laughs> and now you can go buy Bitcoin. Like, hey, I don't care how it sounds. You got to do what you got to do. But once right. you realize how real it is, if you just keep trying to stay in this little bubble, it's gonna be on you. You know, hey, they could have learned it, but hell, this $25 is better than me than going to smoke a weed. <laughs> so you had a better investment today. Yep. Oh man, you saying that just remind me, reminded me of when you decided to quit uh, quit college. Uh, <laughs> and it was so funny because I know Keegan's kind of, he wanted to be a hermit at some point in I his did. life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you uh, you were talking about how you, at, at some point you were smoking so much weed and then you were like, why am I doing this? Because it was during the 2008, 2009 financial crisis or after that. And the professor said that after you graduate, you're not going to get a job for a couple of years. And you thought to yourself, well, why am I doing this if I'm not going to be able yeah. to work for the next couple of years? Like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, it's not, it, was, it was like, the fuck, you know, like something, this doesn't sound right. Like, why were we told all of this? Who told, like, like, how do you know this? You know what I mean? And you think everything the professor saying is gold, and he was pretty much still right. Y'all graduated <laughs> college. 
Yeah, we, yeah, they both, yeah. They both of us did. Yeah. yeah. Do you work in the field you graduated in? Not really. Kind exactly. So, <laughs> like, we kind yeah, of Kind of. Both but... of us are computer scientists. So, it's like, as far as you would connect computer science with Bitcoin, then we do. And yeah. it's obviously like connected. But, like, yeah. how much programming do we do on a daily basis, Maria? Like, not, not the a lot. stuff that we learned for sure. Oh, we like, use zero, world, like, zero of before. the stuff we learned. <laughs> before Bitcoin, like, you know, regular nine to five life, like, the dark ages before Bitcoin, before. <laughs> I consider I consider anything before Bitcoin and dark ages. The, year, <laughs> the new year zero is two thousand nine. I think few people understand that. <laughs> Matter of fact, no Halloween. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's about like to be Halloween. Too. Look, in Charlotte, we're having this thing. That, uh, my friend in Bitcoin, Charlotte, we're having this probably called Halloween. Oh, nice like Halloween. Halloween. Oh. Yeah. Catch on. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Halloween, man. I got a hashtag Bitcoin big with that. You Halloween. heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Halloween. So, but um, yeah, I mean, when, when you had a realization, like I didn't know what to do with the do with the knowledge, but I'm like, nah, this don't sound right. I don't want to sign up for this. I didn't know what I was gonna sign up for, but I ain't, <laughs> ain't want to sign up for that. But looking back at it, it was a crazy ass decision. It kind of worked out, but uh, Lee. It almost doesn't feel like you're doing it right in the first like six months or to a year that you've like gotten into Bitcoin. You start buying it and like nothing's really happened, maybe depending on where you are in the particular bull cycle. Like this is this is trash. What did I do? I just destroyed like however much of my wealth and my oh, money. Like, But it depends on how you count your wealth. But I guess like when you're new to an well, magic internet currency. When I, when I was really, it, 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 it got kind of weird. But again, like I said, I never actually saw my money move anywhere. Just watching money move, I was like, wow. (laughs) This is actually what folks on Wall Street do all day. (laughs) Wow. So, you know, it was astonishing. And then you got folks like Zay and my uh, friend Miller L in your ear. You know, that immediate, that's another thing. You got to, I kept an immediate feedback loop. Like, if you keep an immediate feedback loop, you're, you're prone to, you know, get better quick because you can make a mistake. Somebody's there, someone's there, someone's there. If you make a mistake and it's just flat, you'll get distracted and won't, you won't go back for a while. But again, that comes down to like accountability partners and shit. But um, it was, it was like that. And then I was like, oh, wow, we got a big run. Then it had gone down. So I had gotten used to those, uh, those dips. Well, not used to them. Because when them uh, dips from 20K to Three, I was like, this is what y'all were talking about. <laughs> That's not 80% dip. Yeah, for three years. And now it's like, can we get another one? And people don't think we are. But, you know, Bitcoin is Bitcoin, so. Who can tell? You don't know. Don't well, know. talking about financial literacy, um, like, I really like how honest you were about it throughout your book. And I underlined some of the parts because, you know, like right now we're talking about Bitcoin. My financial literacy journey started because of Bitcoin specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like with you, like, so for example, I'm going to read some of these out. By the way, there's so many funny moments in here too, or I'm just like, I just suddenly laugh because I, uh, I can visualize it happening it's true I'm, I'm like in the other room and we're just <laughs> bursting out laughing or like i hear 
<laughs> and she's crying a little bit. I was like, Murga, are you, are you okay right now? Like, well, the book just, really does that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it really does. It really it's does. It's your story, man. Your story is amazing. And the way, like, you've narrated it in, in such a such a wonderful way that I, I get to hear it right from your mouth. It's, that's how I hear it when I read it. It's awesome. So here, in, in the chapter, Sophomore Summer, I've underlined this where it says, the only thing I did was go to work, get a check, spend it all, and do it all over again. Um, and then you have an Orca moment there where I'm going to read just the last sentence. And it's the pain of not knowing was so deep. I never even knew how to consider getting educated on the subject, mm-hmm. you know, which was <laughs> like, it's amazing. And then <laughs> I thought this was really funny where in the Atlanta chapter, um, you said, I didn't really, I didn't have real knowledge on how to manage money. And then after that, no one really t- took the time to drill it into my head as they tried to with Christianity or doing chores or some shit. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's like, it didn't happen. It did not like, imagine, like, just imagine, it don't even have to be religion because, you know, that's my thing. But imagine whatever was drilled into your head as a child that was complete, you know, Useless. Part, part of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that time could have been used doing something else. Like, half of that energy could have been used to drill, like, in my head, X, Y, Z. You know, so it's like, as a parent, I now know Bitcoin, 21 million, 2,140, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I just, like, as a, I would tell my daughter, I would just use imagery sometime instead of just trying to just all out teach her because I'm really not that patient to teach her how. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just like, you know, throw things around Bitcoin here, this there, BTC. And, you know, I would use the the art of persuasion technique, you know, to then, you know, start capillating it in. And, but, um, but yeah, it wasn't, it, <laughs> I, I forgot I even said that, but yeah, it, it would have been so great. But, you know, it, it worked out. And that, it, it totally worked out. And like throughout your life, I've, seen so many incidents where you've taken responsibility for yourself and your actions and you've been aware of the fact that you had to do that if you wanted to get ahead in life which mm-hmm. was amazing because so in the chapter indicted is that how you pronounce indicted. it indicted yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. first i thought it was indicted but i didn't think that made sense <laughs> yeah, okay. not indicted. yeah um and there's an orca moment where um towards the end of that orca moment you said I learned from that experience just how important it was for me to have control over my own mind. Because if I didn't, others would gladly control it for me. Um, mm-hmm. And that is when people were telling you about, you know, how your particular experience was going to be getting in jail and how that was a label you had to live live with for the rest of your life. But you had a really different outlook about it. And even the fact that in the same chapter, just below that arc moment, you said, I realized I really fucked up. I really fucked up. And you being honest about that to yourself then, and mm-hmm. this is in 2010, and you know, writing about it with this much like genuinity, it's awesome that you had that much accountability for yourself. And on top of that, you were still betting on yourself. You were still betting on the fact that, you know, I have to control my own mind. I can't listen to people telling me things that are not going to be the best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the only it was the only card I had to play. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, like you know, when you play when you play spades, 
you gotta play after after you take so many L's. It's like you gotta play the correct cards. Like and there's it's gonna be a risk card after a risk card after a risk card. Uh, this might work. You gotta throw the best one out every time. So I think that. What, sorry, what's the the difference between that is sometimes is that people fold. They don't actually play a card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you yeah. played the card, whereas it's just so common for. Okay, I'm. I can't do this. I'm walking away. I'm folding my hand. I don't even care yeah. what cards I have. It's like what there was no other. There was no other choice for me. Right. Like there was no like I can't even think of another option. <laughs> like there was nothing else to do but keep going. Like there was there were there was going to be no mental breakdowns. There wasn't going to be <laughs> like you know I wasn't going to do nothing you know extreme. But like, there's nothing. There was no other choice but to win. There's like the only other thing that was other than other only other option was death. So it was like, yeah, nah, not now. <laughs> we gotta, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, will yourself to win. Shit, I would always, I would read stories about you know how folks might be in the hospital and you know they ask them what happened. He said, yeah, I just knew I was gonna live. I willed myself. Like you can never underestimate the power of will. So again, if that's all you can rely on, fuck it. I mean, people do it all the time. You know, they, they do it all the time. It's it just has to get done. Yeah, I, I, I love it. In the but, second, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Now I was gonna say, um, but you know, when it comes to responsibility, like if you don't take responsibility for everything, you always blame other folks, and then you're gonna blame them and watch them. What if they don't care? Yeah. They're just going about their life. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not entitled to care. Yeah. Like, well, I'm blaming you. Shit, that, that's cool, but I didn't do shit. You know what I mean? Like that, I didn't, I didn't really sign up to do that. So, you know, what if they don't take responsibility for it? I love it. I love it you so know? much. Oh man, <laughs> just uh so much in this book is a philosophy that is can be useful to every single person on this planet to learn from. Um, and like the, the fact that in this mindset, it's not a chapter, but it's a section of the book. Um, and I underlined this part where you said, more importantly, you will see no matter how dark your situation is, you have to create the life you want in your mind first. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's so powerful because here I am reading about you transferring from county jail to a penitentiary, I think is where... <laughs> and like I'm reading that no matter how dark I, I'm uh, uh, so good Justin oh my gosh I love it and then uh it was but just like um you know when you watch enough I don't know I always look at life like sports and you know there's a comeback moment when do you like people would watch like so I'm a Patriots fan and I would watch all the games the comeback games and eventually you stop getting so caught up. Like, you know, Tom Brady would come back so damn much. If you watch enough of it, you'd be like, all right, let me find another interesting part about this game. So I would always start looking at, all right, so when did the moment happen that the game turned around? Right. And like, you know, I would watch that during the game. I'd be like, oh, shit, there it is. And then it just happens. Like when they were down 28-3 to the uh, Falcons, I was looking for the moment, like, you know, by then, I've been watching the Patriots win Super Bowl since 2002. You know, 2002, yeah. And it's like, all right, where's the moment? Here it is, bam. So when they were down 
and New England still had three timeouts. I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> like, bro, they're gonna start, they're gonna start running out of bounds now. They're gonna start <laughs> saving time on the clock in the third quarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a timing. Like, I learned in prison how to try to bend time. You got to, like, even, so even when I was recording the book, it's like, all right, normally people do nothing in the car when they're driving. Because I would drive door to You just drive, listen to some music, you know, like, cool, whatever. But when you think on another level, you're looking for gaps in your time to get shit done. That's why the book got done. I would drive DoorDash, talk. I would wake up at 5 in the morning, talk, drive DoorDash. Like, we got to get this. I got to take advantage of time. 20 or 30 minutes here could be a whole chapter. <laughs> no, so how many 20 minutes do you have in your day? Lots. You know, like people try to run time. Drive. I'm trying to do the math in my head. I can't tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you got me the, yeah, you're a computer scientist. How many 20 minutes do we have in a day? Because when you think 72. about it. 72. <laughs> 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 you have, so out of, in, your your sleep out of what? Half of you, them for me. <laughs> you get you get probably you are you might be able to use five of them. Yeah. Like realistically. Right. That's an hour. No, yeah. that's almost two hours. An hour. That's an hour and five of the twenty minute seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that an hour and forty minutes? Just an hour and 40 minutes a day. Yeah. A day. You know, so it's like, fuck it. Let's try. Like, I mean, that's why I would get so ticked off if I can't really, like, me not doing nothing is not really me not doing nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it takes practice not to do nothing. It does. You know what I mean? Like, not doing, there is no such thing as not doing nothing, really. Like, so if I'm just, I might be sitting down not doing nothing in someone else's eyes, but I'm over here thinking like, <laughs> you know, but I'm trying to create because you only have the, the creations you can create. Yeah. You know, so, and in prison, it was just like, mm, well, you know, a part of me was turned off for years. You know, just like going, not going through the motion, but you know, I lower expectations. Like, I ain't lowering, but I just came aware of my reality. It was just like that. So, and you made the it. most of it, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, man. Um, That's why I love Bitcoin so much. Yeah. I mean, you can do, you can do whatever, you know, legally. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For now. For now. <laughs> Oh man, what yeah. will you do if the the you have to declare your unrealized gains um comes to like I lost them on a boat. I don't even have any. He lost his Bitcoin in a boating accident, Murga. It's yeah. a it's that's the next addition to the book. Yeah, we lost it all in the boat accident. That's yeah. it's the the next title of the book is from Bitcoin to boat accident. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the boat accident, man. Shit, I. I don't know, man. We will we'll have to see, you know, about the new Bitcoin I buy. Um, it's an interesting development. However, um, that's why we always say hodl, man, and just, uh, I don't know. It looks kind of weird. However, I've always noticed this trend in news with media. 
I mean, with the government in, with Bitcoin. They talk all this crazy shit all year. Then get down to the end of the year, shit just pans out as nothing. I'm like, man, I've watched this too many times. I'm not gonna keep falling for this shit, man. Like, I'm not riding with I'm not riding with the noob wave no more. Like, I'm beyond that. Like, I'm not getting caught up in like the whole how long y'all been in the space? About mm. what long as me? Uh 15 for, 15 for you, but I've been in it for the past three years, so 2018. Okay, that's cool. Around the same time. So, like, even when they had the net neutrality talk. Oh, yeah. I came to nothing. Like, what the like, what am I stressing over this shit? Like, why, like, sometimes I believe that I really believe that if you took out the the news and hype aspect of Bitcoin, you would not know nothing about how well it works. You would just know it works. You wouldn't know nothing about the threats, the fears. You would just keep waking up. Oh, okay. You might get a little update. New Bitcoin uh download, you know, taproot activated. Oh, okay. But imagine what it would be without all the noise. You would not give a damn about it because yeah. it would not be in your vision. So I started looking at Bitcoin like that. Yeah. Like, minus all the noise, like, like sometimes folks say, yeah, we need to get together and try to get a house bill going. So what? Bitcoin will still go. Like, yeah. Bitcoin's going to outlast the government. Yeah. Yes, it certainly will. <laughs> like, it's going to outlast the current establishment of the people up there. Like, like me, like Zay would say, like, yo, eventually, Politicians are just going to be Bitcoiners. <laughs> yeah. They have no choice. Like, look at uh, France, look at uh, the mayor of Miami, um, Mayor Suarez, Cynthia Loomis. You got the mayor in uh, Cool Valley who just said, I'm going to declare all my citizens get $1,000 of Bitcoin. Like, man, people, all of this shit is not going to keep going on. And then That's plus, amazing. You know, can we zoom in on that just for just a quick second? If uh, like if no one knows about this, this is actually worth kind of knowing about because it's uh, like the president of El Salvador gave everyone 30 bucks and then the mayor of Missouri, it's, it's that person, right? Yeah, cool value, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's yeah, like so, dropping a thousand bucks onto onto all the citizens. Uh, I'll let you take the story away if you like. No, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I know that uh, in the black Bitcoin billionaires, Lamar Wilson actually was one of the guys who, uh, quarterback that uh that whole thing with him um, he even credits him in the article but like when i read it it was like wow like damn like you know that's that's major you know you're just giving it and it's like yo i'm giving my my i'm giving my my um god what's the correct my citizens a chance to win yeah yeah you know like i always tell people like yo if you get a comma in bitcoin out the gate you're doing pretty damn good i, I would just try to say to people like you just get a comma and like, you know, get it in a safe way as possible. Don't, you know, kill yourself, but try to get a comment in there. You know, like with my little cousin, he gets, he goes, he works at Wendy's. I say, every time you get paid, you need about like $10, $20 a Bitcoin. And I said, you got to call me when you do it. One time he didn't call me. I said, what happened? Like, oh, oh, I said, go buy your Bitcoin. Like, no, <laughs> you need to go do that. I got to go buy shoes. I don't care about your shoes. Go buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, because you remember, like I said, I wish somebody would have done that to me as a child. Like, yeah, go buy Bitcoin now. Oh, you want you want to go, you want to have basketball practice? Yeah, go buy Bitcoin. <laughs> that's the rule in our house. You got to go buy some Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, that's all parents and all Bitcoiners for parents. If you do not demand your child to buy Bitcoin in your house, you're wasting your time being a parent. This is like a household rule. And all Bitcoin is in households. If you do not force your child to buy Bitcoin, you're not helping the planet. 
I love it. That's awesome. We, we'll have to put that in the, the guidebook for when we decide to yeah. start a family. Think yes, about it. Right. Think about it. Think about it. You force them to do chores and wipe down toilet seats. Hell, the robot's going to do that. Just buy Bitcoin now. Yeah. The life, yeah. Look, the life, the life we came up with is not going to be there. Right. Amazon already has a little robot rolling around the house. So, shit, this. <laughs> just make sure you buy Bitcoin today. I'll holler at you. Right. On. Well, I have one last question before we wrap up, Justin. And this is um, like something that we've been feeling for a little bit now, where like there's this financial crisis that is on the brink. It feels like it's this close to wreaking havoc. And Sometimes it scares the shit out of me. And then what comforts me is knowing that like 95% of our money is in Bitcoin. So, you know, we're covered. But what are what like what sort of thoughts do you have on this looming threat of like a total collapse of sorts? Uh well, folks will get caught up in it. I mean, hell, we all will get caught up in it. Like, you know, yes. even though, like, you know, most of our money is in Bitcoin is we still got to have a reality like, fuck, got to still pay this bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, you're going, you know, you're winning. And it's also like, well, we, we hurt, we hope the future of this fall down, just hurry up. I mean, so this is really my opinion, the way it happens. Um, you don't get hyper Bitcoinization without something like this. Right. Um, and you're not, you're not going to, people want, see, this is the thing I always realized. People want to go to heaven, but you don't want to die. <laughs> people want people want to people want to get married or having a wedding day, but they don't want to have a marriage. Right. You feel me? Like you want the reward, but there's a responsibility that comes with. It. There's a result. There's something that happens that comes with that. Like everybody wants to be Floyd Mayweather, but there's a lot that had to come with that. I mean, it's not a problem unless you're going to do it. But you know, so if you want hyper Bitcoinization, there has to be a mega fall that has to happen for that to happen. Yeah. Like it's 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 no other way that it's going to happen without it, because yeah. now you have a safe haven. Before in two thousand eight, you didn't have nothing. Bitcoin. The world wouldn't be all right if it wasn't for Bitcoin right now. If it was, it would it would not be okay. I believe yeah. that. You know, like a C minus. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be at a C minus, probably a D plus, if it wasn't for Bitcoin. But that's the reality. Without Bitcoin right now, this shit would have been a zero. You know, as of now, you know, that's just, that's just how I see it. So do you think that there needs to be some sort of uh, like threshold of uh, people that have Bitcoin? Like it needs to actually be sufficiently distributed in order for us to maintain stability throughout this crash and have some kind of semblance of, of uh, like a bright light at the end of the tunnel. You mean kind of like how the mayor of Cool Valley did? Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Um, do I think it would happen? Y'all know you have some very great... I remember one time I read an article about some Bitcoin who donated like $585 million to some charity. This was like in 2017. I'm like, what the fuck? Was that the Pineapple like, Fund? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> I was like, what? People out there are doing that? So, I mean... You never know what could happen, man. You never yeah. know. You have some, you you just never know. You can never rule it out. If people are thinking about it, you're not the only one thinking about it. And, um, you know, there are some people who are thinking about it like you are, who who might have more, who might have less. But, hey, it's if the thought is out there, then it's going to happen. But so we're, all ag- 
But we're all in agreement that there is going to be some sort of financial mm-hmm. setback to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna happen. That's, that has to. Happen. <laughs> it has to. Happen. And this is this time is gonna happen. I mean, you know, it's gonna be like I said. It could be very rough. It could be masked up like it's nothing. That's the other part. Like yeah. it could be masked up like it's nothing. Like nothing is going on, and people believe it. And that's probably what will happen. Yeah. On the front end, most most average human beings. They'll feel it, but it'll just be a part of whatever their life is. To the people who know it's gonna be like, yo, this shit is crazy. Bitcoin is just like, uh, well, <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah, the volatility has already made us pretty strong for at least the price, but you know, the philosophy mm-hmm. is what keeps us growing, keeps us committed. Mm-hmm. So it's uh they need to watch the price of the dollar more, they need to watch the price of Bitcoin now. Yeah, if it isn't it like if there's no facade of the stability of the price, I almost feel like it, what we're seeing right now is an illusion because so much is um is taking place on the world stage with respect to um what's that word chain food not food chain supply, supply chain. chain supply chains being mm-hmm. broken and like that causes a ripple effect on so many things that we rely on on the rest mm-hmm. of the world. So yeah, we're gonna we're already seeing things, but when when this magic curtain is lifted off and we can see more, that's when I think uh there's there'll be some sort of action. I'm mad, but it I just you know, you know, we see these things. I'm trying to get my charge for we've seen these things quite some time before that, you know, um only this time, only this time it seems like you know there's no money to give. So <laughs> That's where the problems don't really come into play. There's not no money to give now. And, um, you know, that's that's going to be, that's going to be a thing. You know, there's no more money to give. Like, that's what the that's what the government is telling you. Unless they pull another magic trick, which when you're the printer, you can do that. Hell, just print more. Okay, so care. I was I was reading today that they actually want to abolish the debt ceiling. They actually just want to get rid of it. So I mean, we got as much power as America. Why not? Like, why not? Get clean. <laughs> like, it's just press zero. Y'all not we we not worried about nothing. I mean, we have all the guns anyway. Why why would we? <laughs> why would the debt ceiling mean anything? We just don't give a damn. Right. Like that's what America is. They just don't like. Oh, okay. Well, go the way. Shit. Y'all know that they stopped counting the money supply of bills that's in circulation. Right. <clears throat> You, you, so you don't know what's going on nowhere with no. inflation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 with but, but yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, nah, I remember a guy was telling me, his name was Fred, he was talking about the M2 money supply got uh, discontinued. So they're not keeping track of how many bills are actually out there in circulation. So inflation could be whatever now. Well, that makes sense because the numbers that reflect inflation are really not accurate with what we think has gone down in the past year and a half. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so you when you're able to lose track of money, nobody can keep count of it. <laughs> Do what the hell you want. Hell, so like, well now. said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, oh. In 2009, they lost like nine trillion dollars. So, you know, this is nothing new. It's crisis time. So, why about lose some money? Yeah. Oh. oh well. Well, if there is one piece of advice besides buying Bitcoin that you could tell our audience, what would it be? Um. Just keep betting on yourself no matter what. Yeah. You gotta swing, gotta swing the win even when you get your ass whooped. Love so it. You're just gonna keep getting your ass whooped and dying. You're gonna die there. You will die there doing nothing. Um, so it's time to get moving. 
buy the book from Bars of Bitcoin on Amazon. Um, anybody out there, I'm actively putting together a book tour. So, you know, globally, more than likely. And sponsorship offers are out there. Anybody want to, you know, be a part of it, that's great. But you got to get moving. You can't just be sitting here thinking it's going to get better without you doing something. Well, that's wicked. We're going to add those links uh, into our show notes so that everyone knows how uh, they can bring you to their city. Because that's that's actually what I just tuned into. That would be so wicked to have you in Halifax in Canada. Oh, my gosh. That would actually that would be, be so insane. wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. We've got a Bitcoin community here. So I feel what like... What coast guys on? The East. Yeah. We're, we're like... Uh, have uh, Nova Scotia, uh, where like if you follow okay. Maine, if you follow mm-hmm. Maine, uh, there's okay. a, the lobster fishing that takes place on the south of Nova Scotia is also the same sort of sea that Maine um, fishes from. Let me see what flight arrangements look like. I'll go up there. Yeah, oh. cold as fuck. Oh god, I need like I need a a a, a, a guide of clothes what I should wear. It's actually we're we're like kind of tropical sort of at least uh, we will we will be in like five years. It is years, eleven but. degrees today, or it was this morning, and there was frost. Tropical as far as Canada Wait, goes. Wait, is as that well. too cold? Eleven degrees? That's centigrade too. It's not Fahrenheit. Huh? C- Celsius. So C- sorry, Celsius. eleven Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Oh, so it's in Fahrenheit. Not in uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know what uh, it is. It'd be like fifty. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I remember. I used to remember that equation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, I was trying to like, no, it's like F divided by nine. I'm like, what is it? I know 32 is in there. I forgot. <laughs> I just know 32 is in there too, but I, I don't remember the. Are you sure it's going to like around 50? It's around 50. Yeah, it's going to yeah, go okay. lower though. But oh, yeah, it's, I feel you, but it's, I'm like, okay, 11 degrees Celsius. Okay, cool. When you said Celsius, I'm like, all right, damn. I'm about to say, wow, already? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get colder but hey there's a bitcoin community here and we'll keep you warm that's right i'll be there, I'll be there. that's cool all right we gotta put it down see what we can do right on can you uh tell us uh, one last time where people can find you you're most um most active on twitter now and mm-hmm. instagram as well i saw you do you were doing a live Club i think House. earlier today and yesterday yeah I'm, yeah i'm on clubhouse too so uh Twitter is Bitcoin underscore vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, house is Justin Redrick, like the name on the book. And um, Instagram is Bitcoin vegan Justin. And my email is Justin at BitcoinVegan.com. Amazing. All of those combinations of your name and Bitcoin Vegan will be in the show description for all of our listeners. So you can Thank connect you. with him and also the link to go buy his book because, oh my goodness, you have to read it. You have to read it. It is an amazing book and oh, you gotta go read it. Gotta go buy it. Gotta go read from Bars of Bitcoin. If I haven't repeated myself enough, uh, you should go do that. I got you, I got you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the best. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you, thank <laughs> you for, for coming. coming on our yeah, show really and sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your story with us one more time. Not a problem, not a problem. I love it, man, I love it. I'm glad it impacted you and it really makes me feel good. Oh, that's that's great. That's really awesome to hear. Well, everyone, thanks for listening and stay tuned.